0: Hello everybody, this is Rhys, and welcome to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. This is part two of our music episode, Dunce Dunce Revolutionaries. If you haven't listened to part one, I highly recommend you go and check it out, if you want this to make any sense. Also, we'll be having a YouTube playlist of all the songs we discussed in the show notes, unless YouTube gets rid of it. Okay, now back to our regularly scheduled podcast
1: are you ready for your third pick
0: uh yeah for sure
1: and we're gonna go a little bit more flam as I've started with Neo Geo Pocket Color and uh, N64 and we're going to be going into the Gamecube I have chosen the highly controversial and contested Sonic Adventure 2 battle soundtrack all right you want me to play it yes all I've right. chosen I've chosen one from the uh from Shadows like storyline. Oh, Shadow, our favorite hedgehog. can't help but like this stupid ass soundtrack that could describe like most modern sonic music <laughs> i think what's funny about like the sonic series especially coming up to the point where you're getting into 3d graphics, dreamcast and then going over to gamecube and stuff is that you can clearly see the sonic series getting very ambitious with you know it's actual like audio content and stuff and you can look at the sonic adventure 2 uh, soundtrack and it just has this wide range of different styles for different characters in their in their battle stages and stuff and you know when people talk about this soundtrack they're always like oh you know like sonic and Tails levels it's all just like weird butt rock and stuff and it's like yeah it is but also i just can't stop liking it
0: is this the weird open world experiment I think Games. the open I think the open
1: world one was maybe the first Sonic adventure which I really have no like experience with. I I had always played Sonic adventure 2 like on the GameCube. That was just the one to be.
2: I mean, I really I, can't sympathize with people who don't enjoy weird butt rock. It's amazing.
1: What's what's more interesting to me in the in this soundtrack in particular is that Shadow's theme in the music of his stage is very based on industrial music which I've talked about many times I think has had a lot of influence on a lot of different types of music and a lot of different video games particularly because it's heavily synthetic. And you can do a lot of weird, cool things with it and stuff like that. And I think they wanted to choose that for uh, for the fact that Sonic is like this, or I mean, Shadow is like this weird kind of ultimate life form type of thing, even though it just looks like black Sonic. Maybe <laughs> we shouldn't consider him being too foreign. That's a little too much of social commentary. <laughs> but the funny thing about that song in particular is that I very much like it for a lot of the percussion in there. You know, I, I, you know, you can sort of hear those uh, stuttering snares in there, and it's a little bit like uh, an amen break loop, even though it isn't totally. But my one friend who has commented on the song, and he summed it up very perfectly. He's like, this sounds like if the prodigy did a collaboration with the vocalist of Smash Mouth. <laughs> and I can't unhear that now. And I'm like, you know what? You're- and I have. Somebody to
2: oh, once God. told me the world was gonna roll me.
1: <laughs> like heavily filtered, filtered Brody All Star. Somebody all-star.
2: Once told me the world was gonna roll me. Something like
0: hey that. Hey now, you're an All Star. <laughs> I dug that track a lot. I think it's interesting picking a Sonic song because for me, I I never super got into those games, but something that always I uh, really responded a lot to was the, the music in Sonic games. In general, the Genesis had, I don't know what you'd call the sound chipset or whatever, just had a great, great sound and uh, the history of Michael Jackson working on Sonic, on Sonic 3 specifically. I think it's an interesting musical history. I mean, I'm not familiar with Sonic Adventure 2 at all, but that, that, that one track sounded dope.
1: I would also say, too, that um, the whole Sonic series, the music, it was also just a bigger appeal than the actual gameplay. Like, I've yeah. never, I've also never been a fan of classic Sonics because it really just <laughs> felt like you were holding, you know, right on the D-pad until you got hit by spikes or an enemy and like you hardly really had control of things so i I did not like the gameplay of the games but the soundtrack is is very good of course
2: yeah i think that's honestly been one of its most consistent qualities i don't know about some of the more modern ones because i haven't heard them all but even like sonic 06 which is notoriously bad has music that is so cheesy that you can't help but kind of get into it
1: it wins you over for just being earnestly bad it's like yeah. the room of soundtrack
2: <laughs> that's a good way to describe it have you ever seen that clip of the people at like the sonic anniversary stream the the guy the main singer he's he's trying to like get call outs from the crowd and he's just like sonic heroes come on come on and he's like come on this guy knows what he's doing and then he'd like shoves the microphone in the face of this one person oh, no. and the that person gets pushed out of the way by this large adult nerd who just starts <laughs> screaming into the microphone in like this kind of stereotypically nerdy voice
1: i mean that's his version of being pulled up on stage at a springsteen show you know like, <laughs> it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and he's just like
0: oh
2: and it's just like incomprehensible yelling to an extent, and it is the most hilarious moment out of all of that friggin stream it's like that stream was an error of comedies, but that was one of the highlights and I think Jim Sterling played it like uh, put it in like in front and in the back of like at several of his episodes because it was just so funny and i'll I'll have to get like a link to that. Later, but it, <laughs> talking about Sonic and Butt Rock really made me think about that.
0: So Alton, Alton oh, it's my turn. Next with your uh, I believe Diablo 2. yes i've have,
2: I have selected, even though I believe Diablo 2 is a is a very popular game and a lot of people know of Diablo or have played Diablo. This is
1: the first game that I actually know of uh, everyone else's choices here. <laughs> so I feel a little more comfortable
2: yeah, Diablo Two is really well known, but I think one of the things that maybe people don't really recognize is that the music is fucking fantastic. Like through the whole game of Diablo Two, you know, obviously you have the very famous Tristram track. But I think I wanted to get pick this one and give it a little bit of shine. For being just really outstanding and used in like a tiny, tiny fucking part of the game. When you go into Luke Galane and you go into the the harem beneath the the, uh, palace. And like this plays in like one specific level of that dungeon and nothing else. It is this um, incredible song that if you blinked, you missed it. And I like, do
1: blink a lot so I probably
2: did miss probably it you probably did miss it like it, like I said it's like this one level that's completely empty of enemies so you just run straight through it to the lower levels but they have this fucking song in it that's really dope and we're going to play it now And that's where it transitions into the more incidental music. But I think that that first part is like, it's so interesting. And I think when I was growing up, like completely different than anything else I'd ever heard. Oh, yeah. Like being introduced to a sort of, I guess, a hybrid of traditional uh, Middle Eastern instrumentation with um, this very dark Uh, satanic theme was you know it's not something you hear every day and I think it's probably one of the few songs I know that's like this and it's just like like I said it's just tucked away in like this tiny part of the game that probably most people missed just because they went straight down to the next level
1: yeah I know exactly what this is from too I'm like oh yeah you're just fast clicking to get through those fucking stairs yeah um, yeah, I, it's funny that you bring this, you have it following in succession to your second pick of, um, from Lords of Magic. And that was also very based on ambient world music. Cause this is all, this also fits in world music and I could probably find some delirium or like conjure one music that is very similar to that where you're using, you know, uh, Mediterranean sounds, your hand drums, your sitar and stuff like that. But it's more brooding, there's more teeming energy because you have more of those percussive layers in there. And, I mean, I'm a big fan of percussion, so I was a big fan of that, yeah.
0: I think it's interesting uh, as well, kind of connected back to uh, the, the first pick of Arcanum, because talking about the evolution of PC sound, if there's one company that has, in general, like, pulled like PC gaming kind of into a more modern age Say what you will about them now, but it's blizzard they were mm-hmm. always kind of known for their above average cinematics and I and kind of just the the polish for the time and I think that very much shows in the music too where even if it's this small one level they could tell that this level feels different in it even if nobody notices it will matter to the overall production value that this has its own feel
2: it's just the nuts that they put that much this much effort into something that i feel like almost nobody well no it's it's nuts that they put this much effort into something that's you know such a small area of the game
1: Yeah, because I was um I was gonna say like the more kind of the music that I'm more for Diablo 2, it's not super memorable to me, but that's also just me. It's sort of like what you would expect to hear from a dark ages type of aesthetic of a of a hack and slashy RPG game that also was MMO at the time as well. But what's also funny too is that a lot of other games have just been so inspired by Diablo 2. And for anyone who wants to check it out, if you listen to the kind of, like, overworld music in Act 1, it sounds just like the Hamlet music from Darkest Dungeon. Very oh, similar. Interesting. I noticed that because, yeah, when we were kind of getting together to play Diablo 2 again, I, uh, you know, started just playing Diablo 2 single player to, like, you know, scratch this long itch of like, man, I haven't played this game in a super long time, and I loved it when I was growing up. And I just remember hearing those similarities. I was like, oh, like, that's pretty cool. And then I think too, like, Hero Siege definitely took some inspiration from Diablo 2's music, as well as just everything yeah. about that game.
2: And then Torchlight literally has the same composer, or Torchlight 2, I should say, which is probably one of the best aspects of that game, because I'm, I'm honestly not a fan of Torchlight 2 outside of the <laughs> music. It just like it hits like this giant difficulty spike and then becomes completely unfun to play.
0: A lot of those Diablo 2 uh, Diablo likes just never, just could never scratch the same itch. It's just all yeah. also lesser than like Titan Quest, I think, is the other one I tried to put a lot of time into. I um, didn't like yeah. that. or And
1: then I think everyone also uh, uh, brings up Path of Exile, which I've never played, so I can't really give a, an opinion on it. But
2: Path of Exile's. Path of Exile is not bad. It's I would say it kind of depends. It, I think that when you get into the late game, it gets a lot more interesting. But for me, it, it starts off so slowly that it's kind of difficult to get into. So Titan Quest I that Reese brought up, I have played that game. I've played pretty far into it. And really, it's so freaking... It's really boring to me. <laughs> it, it's like, it's so lifeless for whatever reason it's just like point all action rpgs could be accused of traveling from one point to the one point to the other and just killing everything you see but i think titan quest suffers from that like a lot in that you don't really get a sense of the broader world you're in or there being a greater story or reason for what you're doing and the best action rpg or diablo clone that i've ever played is grim dawn and the reason why I think Grim Dawn succeeds for me, where a lot of these games fail, is both in storytelling and in setting and in tone. And basically, Grim Dawn is set in the apocalypse of, of basically an invasion from another dimension of these strange, almost Cthuloid beings that can possess people and corrupt people and raise the dead and are, is i believe they call it the the aether the, the ether something like that and one of the things that's really kind of i guess maybe this is just something that i crave from my action rpgs that are you know the, that are similar to diablo 2 is that it's extremely fucking dark there are dead bodies everywhere it's like just coated in blood and ichor the story is like filled with like these like these horrific things happening to people
1: it just looks like a cannibal corpse album
2: yeah it's a little bit like that and one of the things that's really really interesting is that at some certain points in the game you're forced to make decisions that have like these really dark consequences that i was not expecting at all and it, it was like, you know, that's at the point where they turned from like a good game for me to like a great game. Because if there's one thing that I love out of video games, it's doing things that I don't expect. Being surprised by a video game, I think, is one of the, the best feelings in the world. And it's why I, it's why I, I like Grim Dawn for that really unexpected decision-making aspect in the storyline and that I've never seen it in an action RPG before you just in all other ones you just go forward and kill shit and this one you make decisions and it uh, can seriously fuck people up and it's also the reason why I love Undertale and Gone Home because Gone Home I went into it thinking is this some kind of horror game what is this I don't trust anything I'm, I am I, think that they're gonna jump scare me at any second and then it's like oh wait no no this, that's not what this is about, but no spoilers. It's it, I just yeah, love I was being say, surprised. I,
1: I've not played Undertale yet, even though obviously about that game. And uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more about Undertale on next pick. But mm. to kind of wrap up your, you know, uh, your little segment here, like to uh, to go a few tangents back, when you were talking about how this this certain song. Would, like brought you these certain sounds that you had never really heard before because there wasn't really music readily available to you that sounded like this. Mm. Uh, I'm also I want to put a pin in that because I absolutely will be talking about that once we get to my final pick. But uh, once we get there, now it's Reese's turn.
2: It is Reese's turn. Tell us about your third pick.
0: This is from Jet Grind Radio, a excellent ass Dreamcast game with. To me like the reason I pick it is because it the game is very much about Counterculture, you're rollerblading badasses who spray paint, uh, over corporate symbols and you fight the cops. And there's, there's been a lot of games with licensed music before this, but to me, this is the first time that, uh, maybe they, they recorded it specifically for it, but just kind of like, you know, pop rock type songs that kind of more like a music soundtrack that just fit in so well. And it had the framing device of having the DJ be kind of being kind of the leader of the whole group. So this song is uh, Sweet Soul Brother, my favorite of them all. kind of soundtrack that kind of I think meshed really well and this if I recall correctly it was kind of like in the early middle point of the game so it was yet to be like fully built up so it's just kind of this exuberant you know example of self-expression that is kind of so you know uh, associated with um, kind of Japanese art in general in the more modern era yeah and, and that
1: this soundtrack in particular it's very much built on sort of a classic hip-hop taking, you know, a lot of crate digging and taking samples from you know, records that you were finding and, you know, you know chopping the vocals and, you know, looping them and having them stutter and stuff like that and then putting it over a dancier beat, little kind of breaky type of stuff. You know, what, what I was kind of thinking as we we're listening to this song was like how different it was in comparison to the other, you know, extreme sports games that were popular at the time because uh-huh. if you played like Tony Ox Pro Skater or Dave Mirra's BMX. Like, that was, you know, just licensed songs. And, you know, it kind of made that aesthetic almost bro in a sense. Like, you're just listening to fucking, like, Sum 41 and Rancid and stuff. And then you listen to something like this, which is, you know, arguably more of a throwback and kind of had its own personality to it.
0: I think that that kind of throwback... You know, I can't speak to the to the game itself, but it felt more authentic than those games did with the kind of counterculture element. You know, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater pitched itself as this kind of like against the man type of thing, but look with the soundtrack, I feel it didn't fully gel together, and it wasn't like just it didn't hit it out of the park like the Jake Jake Grind Radio soundtrack did.
2: It was a good song, Reese. I liked your song. It's very upbeat. <laughs> I enjoyed listening to the music. Man, I was just I was just bumping and grinding in my chair. I was about to just go fucking roll this office chair down a couple of half pipes and spray paint cop suck on a <laughs>
1: on a cop car that would have been the, that would have been the thing to do it cuz if you had sprayed cum on like an ambulance it would have it would have just been like yeah i know why are you defacing
2: our vehicle for that
0: <laughs> but yeah i mean as as we get on here i have less robust things to say about it i just think that it's a great soundtrack you should listen to the whole thing you should play the game um, i remember I, I showed this to one of my roommates in college because like, it was a great game, and they and they just like could not understand it at all, and it's like <laughs> deeply upset them because of like the 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 outrageous presentation and music. And these were like sub- ostensibly like really counterculture punk people, so it was too real for the real. So I respect it.
2: <laughs> so the next song that comes is one of Terry's selection. <laughs> Would you like to tell us about it?
1: okay uh this one i mean this one you could have argued for having it be the last one where i'd have the most things to talk about it, but there's a, there's actually another song in soundtrack and whole series of games that we will be talking about even more soon this is from the earthbound soundtrack one of the best games ever made and part of the reason why it is one of the best games made is because the soundtrack is incredible A lot of it, too, is very much like a personal kind of fixation on it, because when I first experienced this game, I was uh, a little kid, and, you know, just kind of seeing my best friends' next-door neighbors playing it, and it was, like, scary to me. I was frightened by a video game, which makes me the weakest person in the world. (laughs) But that was also that that was also kind of order of the day for the '90s, you know, where it's just like uh, you saw someone uppercut someone's skull off of their body, and I was like, ah, these video games are the devil's music. But Earthbound, in particular, there's so much, there's so many different things about that game that really makes you feel unsettled in your bones and some of it comes from the artwork and some of it comes from just sort of the very real and nuanced dialogue in there and just how unique it is especially when it came to rpgs because you know Talking to NPCs in a a Super Nintendo RPG mostly just resulted in worthless banter, just telling, you know, pointing you in the direction of what the quest is and stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas Earthbound just had such a personality to it in really every turn of the game. The music, there's a lot of wacky music in there and there's a lot of wacky things in that game, but there's also a lot of music in there that, as I just previously said, like really kind of chills your bones in a way and so i went with a song that is a little it, not the creepiest of the songs but one that i think really holds up but one that also has these certain cues in there that just make you shiver a little bit and it's in a it's an air in an area of the game where you're still kind of early on in the game and you don't have a ton of power yet and it is kind of a tough part of the game uh for anyone who isn't like who doesn't know the game like the back of their hand and uh you know we'll just play it right now this is peaceful rest valley interesting yeah that does not sound
2: like someplace called peaceful rest valley
1: yeah i mean i think that's the funny just kind of the irony of that i definitely remember getting caught in that certain part of the game because you're still by yourself and you're trying to oh wait i I shouldn't be spoiling this for you because you've never played this fucking game yeah you need to play this game like i I need you to promise me on this recording right now that you are going to play this game as soon as possible skip work if you
2: have to Watch a Robinson. let's play of it. <laughs> I don't. I'm not am not going to fucking do the whole. Like for one thing, it's I would have to get a ROM, and all the ROMs have been nuked from the internet, but courtesy of Nintendo.
0: I I have the ROM.
2: And I'm also too lazy to install um, an emulator and play a game, so I'm probably just gonna watch a let's play. Let's be. I still have
0: a. I still have the cartridges
1: of this game, man.
0: I I also have the cartridge. It's oh, a,
1: you nerds. You
0: it's a great ass nerds. game. Okay, Arcanic, it's so fucking good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's it, this is a perfect I think encapsulation of the game too because it's 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 such a weird game in the sense that like you play it's one of the few games that you, it's just like straight up in modern day um, and then like as the game goes on there's these other elements but you know you're just a kid in the suburban town and things go wrong. And so there's a lot of absurdity with that, the ridiculousness that comes from just being a child and trying to process the world and the way you're treated. But, you know, there's this undercurrent of weirdness and of darkness, and it's a really... Surreality. Yeah, surreal is the perfect example. Um, And it's a really tough line to walk and a tone to strike, um, which is why Mm. I think it... To me, it really, it it holds up. And it's got a Super Nintendo RPG feel. Gaming in general has kind of moved on from that old school turn-based combat in that way. But everything else, it's still so well put together and it's just like a pinnacle of that kind of game. This,
1: I, I have a million thoughts about this game and just saying like it holds up is almost an understatement to someone like me. Like this game is just the biggest comfort despite the fact that i was literally talking earlier about how there are so many parts of this game that still discomfort me but just knowing that like it still affects me in this way that it can still shake me to my core and the parts that i could recount in my sleep just kind of shows to me that it's such an incredible game and I mean, picking a song to showcase this soundtrack was like hard to do because there's so many great songs in here. And I I I can't get too into this uh, because there's just so many different things to talk about. But like there are a lot of people who talk about how the composer of this soundtrack was very much inspired by the Beatles. And so I'm sure anyone who's like a huge Beatles mark can listen to this. You know the soundtrack and point out like you know what the certain things are there's a lot of kind of there's a lot of songs that have more triumphant type of horn melodies in here which might make you think of like penny lane or something like that just to pull one example out of there but and then there's also like a lot of cool techno stuff and like just this song that we chose right here if you're listening to the treble and, you know, the the percussion in there, it's similar to, like, a lot of IDM music that came up in the 2000s. Like, it's just, I, I feel like there's a lot of songs that I could choose that came many years after Earthbound came out that I could almost connect to this soundtrack. I just, it's impeccable.
0: And I think what what's unique as well is that I feel like, especially back then, video game music wasn't quite subversive in the same way peaceful rest valley and it's this a very upsetting kind of dark tune usually peaceful rest valley has a very like soft melody and you know kind of instruments representing birds tweeting or whatever you know it's <laughs> the, the feel is was is very one to one and that's not earthbound at all just like throughout the game itself and the soundtrack i feel i don't know if you would agree with that or not
1: well i yeah to add on to that point like obviously like these loungy to it you have these kind of smooth synth tones going early on and like you know this little bass groove and you can hear the uh you know like a babbling brook in there and stuff like that but then you kind of get to the the break and you have these you know harmonized kind of jazzy horns descending in a very nervous way. And it's, it's sort of like that's sort of the moment where you kind of realize, uh, you know, if we're, if we're telling the story through the music that like, you're not safe here. Like, even if you feel a little bit calm by the surroundings, it's sort of like, you're, you're actually in danger. You need to get the hell out of here. That's very interesting.
2: I can kind of see where undertale gets some of its inspiration to be at one in one part completely wholesome and you know very comforting and then in another part just sort of really creepy and disconcerting
1: yeah i i'll tell you what if you play earthbound as soon as possible i will undertale for
0: the first time
1: <laughs> okay i've yeah i've owned that game for a really long time i have not touched it
0: I, I think you'll enjoy it. It's been a long time since I've played Earthbound, so I, I hate to make too many broad claims about it, but it definitely feels like, you know, cut from the same cloth.
2: I, um, well, I mean, it was in- directly inspired by it. Yeah, honestly. I was going to
0: say, I've heard that a lot. And for
1: someone who is very much like an orthodox fan of Earthbound, which is weird to say, because obviously it's the second of the whole trilogy but obviously this was the first game i played and i gave up some time in the mother one ROM because the rng in there is so unforgiving yeah to hear people say like oh this is such a spiritual successor of earthbound like that's a very lofty claim for me to hear (laughs) um also i want to say right now very in passing the trash game it's terrible never play it the first one uh, the third one, no, Mother oh, 3, that came very years, very, uh, many years after. Sorry,
2: you're just cutting terrible. out a little bit, and it's causing... Oh, goddammit. It
1: Very, it makes it a little
2: bit difficult to understand you.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine, it's not your oh, fault. I was going to say, yeah, no, Mother 3, uh, it's terrible. It's a terrible game, I wish it never existed.
0: <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> if you set your expectations going into it, that it's going to be at least better than Mother 3, I don't think you'll be disappointed, but... Really, I think, really, the best way to play that game is to go into it completely blind and not have heard anything about it. But if you can try to divest yourself from as many expectations as possible, it is the best way to play it.
0: 100%.
2: Yeah, don't expect it to be good, don't expect it to be bad, just just don't expect anything. Clear your mind, be as drunk as fuck, so you, I, <laughs> you can't even think anymore, and then you'll experience it without any tinged perspective.
0: I know a lot of people online who have had that, I don't, I'm not interested in this game. This seems weird, not my type of thing. And they play it for one reason or the other like dan reichert i think is the most famous example he's just like this is a stupid game with animals i don't like (laughs) old (laughs) day (laughs) of RPGs. and it turned out to be like you know one of his favorite games and even uh video game donkey when he uh when he played it he actually was like begrudgingly even his sour ass had to admit it was pretty funny and had a lot of compelling stuff about it so i think it's 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 definitely you know a classic with an amazing soundtrack
2: yeah unfortunately yeah also possibly less prestigious Yahtzee Ben Crawshaw, in his top 10 video games of 2016 or whatever he listed Undertale as his top one which is sort of you know kind of a surprise given his personality and the kind of games that he likes but really talking about how good it is will literally just make your experience worse like, I
1: think it is setting up a very high bar, but yeah, if um, you
2: if you go in there with high expectations, you'll inevitably be disappointed by something or another. You know, it, it is a very simple game with very simple themes, I guess you could say, and it's. It, it, I think that as a as a, a purist of the Earthbound series, I think you'll probably hate it. So go into it expecting yeah. that you will the hate game- it.
0: The game sucks. Uh, we were lying to you just now. Uh, <laughs> well, definitely play it, but it's garbage.
2: Yeah, really, just stick it. through it. But you're, it's not gonna, it's not gonna wow you at any point. There aren't any twists or anything. It's just a story about a kid who falls in a cave and kills a bunch of monsters.
1: And there's a lot of porn that's inspired by it now for some reason. <laughs> I mean, to be <laughs> fair, that's not exactly a high that bar. One picture over and over again. <laughs>
0: The game is just mostly fucking... <laughs> I'm surprised they allowed it on Steam, to be
1: It is a
2: dating sim. Anyway, I think that that's any, probably enough.
0: Any, any final st- grand statements about Earthbound? It's just uh, the best game in the world.
2: Not, not to bring up your expectations or anything. <laughs> what if we saved some of our picks for a second part... Uh, a second episode that we could go through in a sometime later and we just listen to terry's last pick and we wrap up
1: sounds good so we're gonna just gonna jump into my last one right here we're
2: gonna jump straight into this game which is a mystery what is it terry tell us
1: it's uh it's the it's it is the quintessential crossroads between video games and music this Trucking is Simulator the Dance, Dance too. Revolu- oh.
2: Oh, sorry, it was not not it. I thought it from your description.
1: I, I you know I'm a fan of the original one. The original <laughs> European
2: one, not that greasy American one.
1: Well, yeah, you know, cuz I like seeing uh, dialogue where I have the letter u in them for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> cuz they just don't believe in efficiency, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's exactly <laughs> why. So, sorry be.
2: to uh, sorry about interrupting you. Continue. That, I mean, that's
1: that's why you need austerity in, you know, Europe. You've got to get rid of all those news. But um, These damn yeah, immigrants
2: no. coming into our company, our country, taking the U's from our nouns.
0: <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's what Brexit is about. It's, about. it's about the war over who gets the U's. Marine Le Pen goes yeah. on
1: another screed about how there are all these Muslim babies being born in Paris that are just named the letter U. <laughs> <laughs> anyway the game <laughs> the game the game is dance dance revolution hell yeah you know i say earthbound is one of the greatest games of all time i don't i don't know if i can say the same for dance dance revolution i don't know if i'd make that claim but what i can say this was the most important game of my life i've been i played this game from age 11 to 19 and then kind of you know intermittently after those years Even though at this point now I've sworn off of it entirely I don't ever want to play it again (laughs) Probably it's probably ruined my knees a lot To some degree (laughs) Uh, But also yeah this was like my social life Just going to the arcade and playing this With a bunch of other people A lot of people who are older than me And you know when you're a lot younger It's cool to hang out with older people and stuff um it's cool and, to hang out with older people it's cool to smoke drugs it's cool to
2: inject heroin
1: yeah yeah i'm okay. all of those things and so, worship satan I'm, I'm the coolest person here
2: <laughs> and but, it's also extremely cool to have your fucked up knees so congratulations terry for being incredibly cool
1: i mean that's what you are as a you know when you're a veteran dance revolution <laughs> anyways uh let's play this song i'll talk a little bit more about the actual All right. Uh, There were a lot of different songs I could have chosen to showcase DDR, uh, a lot of different styles of music. I chose this one because this was kind of um, one of the first tastes I ever got of like drum and bass and jungle music, as you can hear all those types of drums. And you can also hear that in like some of the earlier songs that I chose, where it's sort of similar, where you have a lot of stuttery snare loops in there and things like that. Either when it comes to drum and bass or trance music or house music, Dance Dance Revolution was a huge touchstone for me to figure out all these different types of music growing up and really when you couldn't hear that stuff on the radio.
0: I'm really glad that you you chose this. I myself was never particularly into Dance Dance Revolution because I was an uncoordinated nerd. But I did like play some of it and I do love ribs games in general because they're in a chance for, you know, at least for somebody like me who doesn't play an instrument or anything like that, grow more in touch. With the music, and you know, they had examples like later on with kind of rock band and the facsimile guitars mm-hmm. and the drum. But this is like you know a whole different thing of just being like gamifying the the dance, and it's you know maybe not real dancing, but it still had that compelling kind of experience of you know, movement with uh, the song itself.
1: Yeah, like performing the song that you get to choose on, you know, either on the home version or the machine, if you play the home version. But it's just wanting to immerse yourself in the music even more. We talk about later on with like rock band and stuff. And, you know, Konami was doing kind of the rock band guitar hero type of stuff first with Guitar Freaks and Drum Mania. Um and even like you know, beat mania with like the little keyboard and uh, and turntable and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we had one of those at like the arcade that I go to and stuff like that. And so, yeah, just getting more in tune with like all these different types of music and stuff, like it almost seems kind of cheesy because they are like kind of kitschy games if you're if you're not really into it. you know, it's like, oh, these are just four arrows that you step on like this mm. isn't really dancing and you're playing weird cheesy music that doesn't go over two minutes long but like i don't know man like i'd make the, i'd make the argument that there's a lot of just sort of culture coming together in terms of these like these soundtracks because i mean there's hundreds of ddr songs
2: you must have just sweated out like
1: half your body weight just like <laughs> doing that I really, man. I really wonder. Like, uh, what I do know is that I've probably spent maybe like over two thousand dollars at Jesus Christ total, just playing this stupid game. A dollar seventy-five cents a play. It's very interesting that you pick this
2: game because I think it fits into this very narrow time period when kids would go out and hang out at the arcade, where arcades were like a thing. And, you know, Dance Dance Revolution was popular. You know, I never really got the chance to go out and do that, mostly due to the fact that yeah, I lived out in the middle of nowhere for most of my life. And so Dance Dance Revolution was pretty far away. And I think that by the time I would have been interested in it, it was sort of past the peak of 90s arcade action.
1: I would I would say, like, I mean, and it's probably different for me because I grew up in an era where there were a lot of people playing this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really did last all the way throughout the 2000s, 2000s and stuff and if anything you know having a Dance Dance Revolution cabinet at your arcade was probably floating your arcade <laughs> like that's just where everyone, like, everyone was coming there and just dumping money into that machine and like playing together and kind of socializing with one another and stuff like that And you know it's not like anyone was doing that with a Time Crisis 2 machine or something like that. Which is a shame because Time Crisis 2 is dope I, 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 we would play that game like, you know, as we were waiting for other people to be done with DDR and stuff <laughs> like that. But I mean, that was, uh, DDR was, that was just the game that we had to play. And yeah, like, so I very much have an affinity for all this music, despite how lame it can really be. And in, in as much as like, I think there's a lot of this kind of sounds in there, maybe more along the lines of like hard style and just sort of like the very, just kind of spastic, manic dance music that i I dub as um step mania techno because there's Mm. you know a keyboard version of dance dance revolution called step mania that you can get for your computer or whatever and of course i had that and played that a ton um very similar to ffr if anyone played flash flash revolution uh back in the 2000s um but yeah i mean it just to generally put i will never I'll always have a place in my heart for this type of music.
0: And I think it's interesting, the social aspect, because I definitely knew a ton of people who like their, their pastime is they would get together, go to the arcade or the the movie theater or the bowling alley, wherever had the good DDR machine. And they would just hang out and it would be like a good group experience. And I think it's a good counterpoint to something that we talk about a lot the gamer identity and gamers in general, where now it's like they, you know, they, a lot of the kind of worse aspects of gaming have this very kind of gatekeeping, holier than thou, uh, really negative, bigoted attitude that's based around. And it's an interesting counterpoint to that because like for me like the experience with with rock band is like in college we would just get together you know like we had every dlc song downloaded and you know one guy always did the drums one guy always did the bass etc and it was such a like pure fun gaming experience where we just get together and it wasn't about our, our cultivated identity it was just about having a good time with with your friends about it and i think that that is special about these kind of music games and on top of that it really helped me broaden my my musical tastes in general, because I can't think of something specifically right now, but I think kind of just electronica and drum and bass and stuff in general is a good example is like playing these games and like playing along to it made you understand the song in a way that you didn't, if you just heard it and you're just like, I don't know about this. I don't know if it's for me. Once you got to semi compose it or go through the motions of doing it, you know, you, you, you had that connection and it it connected a whole lot more.
1: Yeah, you it makes you pay attention more to what you're listening to. So that is the actual gameplay of it and it makes you it makes you like comprehend it and actually perform with it.
2: Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Uh, we were talking earlier about how some games the music is used to focus in on the feeling of the game, but in this game the the game is entirely music and your involvement in, in it is sort of how well you can sort of focus on it. And it really makes you pay attention in a way. I don't think you can, you know, you could maybe get that in depth with like listening to a song passively, but having to actually move to it, I think probably, I think that it probably develops a kind of muscle memory in a way to the music oh, yeah. to where There's- just moving makes you feel the music
1: yeah there's and to to go back a while, like um when we were talking about how like you know it is just four arrows that you're stepping on in whatever sequences and it's like not really dancing. you could turn it into dancing if you wanted to, like it's kind of up to you if you want to be like freestyly about it and stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, of course, having played the game as much as I have, like we would have some fun routines with certain songs that I definitely still remember my muscle memory. I just don't know if uh. You know, my, my atrophying body can take care of that. <laughs>
2: you've, you've sacrificed your physical health at the altar of video games, and we can ask no more of you.
1: I mean, I, I sincerely mean it when I say as I hope I never have to play it again. Like, even if it's to save my family or something. <laughs> please do not ask this of me.
2: The, the, this is a very interesting dichotomy of a video game that you absolutely love that you never want to fucking play again. I,
1: I never want to be involved in it any, ever again. I can just listen to this and and be fine. I can experience it vicariously in the memories of the past, but, you know, I hate to get very, like, it's, it's almost like the movie someone comes out of, you know, retirement to, like, you know, again, save whoever they love by doing this thing they used to do. You just find me sleeping underneath
0: a pile of leaves, and I'm like, <laughs>
1: I don't do DDR anymore, no.
0: This this is an action movie premise that people have been sleeping on <laughs> because I, I, game gamer terrorist is definitely a real thing. You gamer know. <laughs> terrorist,
1: dance half, dance revolution hero.
0: Half of the mass shooters uh, were big Nintendo fans. I mean, uh, honestly,
2: oh, sorry if I interrupted you, Reese.
0: Uh, just just to finish, uh, you know, my my pitch to this movie here is Jeremy Irons as the gamer terrorist, and it, just, it calls. <laughs> Terry up, and it's basically the plot of Die Hard 3, where he just like sends him all around town to save his family, uh, doing different video game tasks. And the last one is like the DDR machine rigged up, rigged up to a bomb. I, uh, <laughs> I want to play that game. I want to watch that movie.
2: The
1: Four Arrows of the Apocalypse. <laughs>
2: I was thinking that he could it could be like some sort of spin off of Pacific Rim. Where instead of like being linked to this machine, you have a fucking dance pad.
1: <laughs> you have to control a giant mech with DDR controller. Oh my god, I, I won't I won't use the home pad. That's just, you get so good at a point and you need the machine. That's why I needed to spend 2,000 or so dollars this fucking game on my teenagehood.
2: Well, I think that just about wraps up everything that we had to say. Um, I had fun. It was very interesting learning more about your musical tastes and, by extension, uh, each other, you know, because yeah, for sure. these video games are something that are very personal to us. And I think that if, if we're capable of uh, expressing it, they really do reflect a sort of deeper part of our, our being just from, you know, being so influential to us growing up or just being really excellent in the case of, like, Doom. Um, I wish I could have said something more intelligent about Arcanum, because it, literally it was just like, it's good! I thought it was good! <laughs> that's
0: uh. That's why I'm... Uh, thank you again, uh, Terry, for coming on, because I think yeah, for that sure absolutely helped us crystallize some of our vocabulary uh, around this, because I can, you know, talk about how the game them sound makes me feel, et cetera, but I don't have that kind of musical language and how, hearing you mm. kind of just have these pointed opinions really kind of like I don't know, grounds are 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 our gobbledygook <laughs> I mean for sure, like even
1: even if you don't you know have all of the terms like in your you know in your brain to utilize correctly at whichever turn you're trying to explain, like you clearly have the idea in your head because you feel it you know in your brain and in your heart to be a little bit cheesy about it like you can tell (laughs) that this music is affecting you in a certain way and one of the things i very much enjoyed like hearing you guys uh you know the choices that you had is that you can see patterns when you really kind of play one against the other and being like okay what you know what are you guys inclined to in terms of the music like what really catches your fancy and I think more generally, too, one of the things I love so much about video game music and just kind of the whole timeline of it is that it takes influence from so many different areas of music that it essentially becomes this big hodgepodge of a music collective, of a music movement. And uh, I, I, that's a very valuable thing, especially if you don't know, you know, all of that music from the get go you know sort of like when we're listening to Alton stuff of like ambient world music and how Alton was like yeah when i heard the d2 song like i had never heard other music like that before and now it's like well there's some here's some people that you can check out like more so if you want to hear more of those types of sounds mm.
2: and i thought one of the most interesting aspects of this to me was the sort of cult like to for lack of a better word how uh, the zeitgeist of the time that each of us was growing up had an influence on what we enjoyed and probably still has an influence on what we enjoy listening to today. So like, for instance, Reese going back to all these these old games on the, the SNES and uh, Terry having what I think is probably not a unique experience, but probably one that people nowadays will probably never experience again of going into an arcade of all things and playing with a big group of people. You know, I think those that's- were
1: our, those were our wow raids.
0: Yeah. That- <laughs> it was IRL.
1: First it was the arcade. Then it was, uh, the,
0: yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely dope experiencing that. And I think, uh, this is a good sentiment to kind of wrap up on.
2: I agree. So, where can people find you and your great
1: online content terry oh boy uh you know for a while i was really uh for a while i was really keeping it close to the vest and i stopped using twitter uh nearly a year ago at this point um but now you can find me on mastodon a lot of people are uh, migrating just being completely fed up with twitter Mm. um my uh, Count handle is, uh, well, see, I don't really understand Mastodon still and how there's like different decentralized servers. I know we follow each other and we might be on the same server, but I am at uh, Daddy Tanky.
2: Oh, that's is... you? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, you, know, you didn't know that was me?
2: No, I did not know that it was you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm at Daddy Tanky. It is like Daddy Yankee of Despacito fame, but instead of a Y, it is a T. <laughs>
2: yeah. Do you have any. I know you've made a mixtape. Are you are you willing to share that with the public somewhere? Uh,
1: yeah, you know, I could re-upload those because I use a service that, like, deletes whatever things you upload after a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been doing, like, a, a mix CD series uh, for the past several months where I kind of focus on a certain uh, genre of music and kind of pick a bunch of things and sort of show how it kind of grew over time and other things like that. Um. And, you know, since we're doing this episode I, and I haven't really planned on anything for September, I might end up doing a more elaborate mix of uh, video game music just to kind of, sh- you know, kind of go throughout that timeline. So that that might may very well be the thing. But um, I guess, you know, if you have me on the spot right now, I might be able to just kind of upload a couple of the backlogs and we can put it in the you know description yeah. of this uh, of this episode. That'd be dope. Sounds great. Yeah, I'd be I'd be down for that. All right. So, Reese, where can people
2: find you and your great online content?
0: You can find me at your very good bud on uh, Twitter. And you can also find me at your very good bud at mastodon.social on the newfangled nice people website that uh, <laughs> just, just was just released today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And. <laughs>
1: very revisionist, but nevertheless.
2: <laughs> yeah, so you can find me at 8Alton8 on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube at AltonPlays. And you can also find me at on Mastodon at Alton at Mastodon.social. Um, and you can find me posting things on all three of those things, sometimes all at once. So... Thank you very, very much for listening. Let us know what some of your favorite video game soundtracks are in the comments or somewhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll go on a diatribe about it shortly.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And you know uh, I, I will. I don't know if this is something we should care about, but in every podcast I listen to, they say to to rate the podcast and like it and subscribe it. Uh, I'm not a cop, I'm not here to tell you what to do, but if you feel like doing that, we're not here to stop you. Go ahead and do it, you have time. Yeah, you got the time, do it. I'm I'm, I'm a a cop now.
2: (laughs) We've all become cops, do it, nerd. (laughs) Do it for great justice. Anyway, I think that just about wraps everything up. Uh, Again, thank everyone, thank you, fuck me. Thank you everyone for listening and we will see you again next time on Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. Bye-bye. Later. Take it easy.